0: Introducing G-Core Managed Kubernetes, the ultimate solution for streamlined Kubernetes management. Experience support for bare metal nodes and a robust 99.9 uptime SLA at no extra cost. Provision Kubernetes clusters effortlessly with a single click using their intuitive dashboard, API, or Terraform. Seamlessly integrate with G-Core external DNS and easily provision block volume storage for your requirements. And of course, stay up to date with the latest Kubernetes versions. Plus, they have an exclusive offer just for you. Click the G Core link in the show notes and use promo code Cloudcast and receive a hundred euro credit to try G Core services today. That's promo code Cloudcast to receive a hundred euro credit on your G Core services today. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the Massive Cloudcast Studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody's doing well. July is moving along, and uh, if you're listening to this, which I don't think he does, but uh, if you listen to this, uh, happy birthday to my dad. Turned eighty-one on uh, on on the eighth, so uh, day day late, but recording on the eighth. So uh, happy birthday to my dad. Um, today's Sunday perspective, we are going to talk a little bit about the thing that has uh, sort of been the talk of technology for the last couple of days, and that's, uh, I guess, Meta's threads, uh, Instagram threads, uh, threads, the sort of Twitter clone uh, replacement for Twitter, if you will. Um, and I don't want to talk about the application per se, but um, mm-hmm. Most of us have only been playing around with it for a couple of days and just kind of seeing what it does and kind of experimenting with it. But as I was sort of digging into it a little bit the last couple of days, uh, it occurred to me that it is sort of the perfect analogy for anybody that has to explain uh, app migration or app modernization to an executive or to a colleague. Um, And I say that in the context of, yes, people have been doing that sort of stuff for a while. Um, It is the one thing that we do get questions about all the time on the, you know, as far as like write-ins and stuff from people going like, hey, can you do more shows about app modernization? And it's one of those things that we oftentimes respond back to people of like, yes, we will will do the best we can to try and give you useful app modernization discussions with people. Um, And we get various people that, kind of come in and talk to us about it. But it, it's also one of those things that we often tell people, well, it's a, it's a really hard thing to sort of narrow down into 30 minutes because, you know, most app modernizations are pretty unique. Um, yes, you could say, well, if we move from, you know, some well-known thing to the next version, that's that's one thing. But, you know, if somebody said like, hey, we want to replace our ERP system, how would we do that with a modernization type of thing? Um, it's a more complicated thing to explain. It, you know, it's a lot of like, well, but, you know, what if, um, you know, it depends, kind of a lot of consultants speak. And uh, so it's oftentimes difficult to do. But it dawned on me uh, in the same way that when ChatGPT came out, Um, it became the conversation starter, the proof point, the easy, kind of the easy demonstration for anybody to see what AI does. Um, AI has obviously been around for a long time, but it became an easy way for people to see what AI does. And I feel a little bit like, and I'm going to walk through this analogy, uh, after the break, um, that if you use it as a framework for kind of explaining to people, what is involved with an app modernization or an app migration, Um, the movement from somebody who is a Twitter user to potentially a Threads user aligns really well. And you may be able to use that and the fact that somebody who is a Twitter user can easily jump over, start up an account on Threads um, and understand both the opportunity but also the challenge of going from something that's been pretty well established for now more than a decade, um, lots of people use it, lots of people understand it, or at least have had experience with it, to move to something else, um, I think is is going to provide a good encapsulation of how you can have a framework for conversation with anybody who says, hey, we need to uh, you know, modernize or migrate an existing application. So I'm going to dive into that after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Equinix. We all utilize multiple cloud providers, and we know they aren't built to work well together. Things get a whole lot more complex when your hybrid infrastructure needs to connect with your multi-cloud portfolio. Equinix is the world's digital infrastructure company, providing on-demand infrastructure in over 25 metros with hands-free provisioning and management, all connected to over 240 data centers and most major cloud providers. Equinix can help you deal with increasingly complex architectures, whether you want to run your favorite Kubernetes distribution or connect workloads between different cloud providers. To learn more, sign up at deploy.equinix.com and use the coupon code CLOUDCAST, C-L-O-U-D-C-A-S-T, to get $500 in credits to get started today. That's deploy.equinix.com and use the coupon code CLOUDCAST and get those first $500 in credits today. Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to dive a little bit into this analogy uh, that came to mind as I was starting to play around with uh, the new Threads tool, application, platform, whatever you want to call it, uh, social network. And you know, there was a there was a part of me that immediately did the techie thing where. You know, I did, you know, I kind of did a kind of a mental analysis of, okay, uh, this is supposed to be the thing that switches you from Twitter or you switch from this to Twitter. It's a social network. Um, You know, I really haven't gotten into things like Mastodon and Blue Sky. I played around them a little bit. They were kind of eh, uh, mostly because the community wasn't there and I didn't really feel like rebuilding a community and so forth. And they were kind of these weird independent things and so forth. So, again, not a comment or analysis or anything on any of these other sort of Twitter clones that are popping out there. So anyways threads pops up and uh, you know lots of people uh, you know apparently 50 60 80 million people at least experimented with it in the first couple of days which makes sense um, you know it's new and people are somewhat frustrated with Twitter. So anyways, I don't want to make this about sort of an analysis of threads. Uh, I actually don't want to make an analysis of Twitter. I did a Twitter thing a while ago on a Sunday perspective. But what sort of uh it, you know, as I was playing around with it more over the weekend, and kind of making that mental checklist of like, okay, here's the stuff it doesn't do, and uh, you know, here's kind of the the state of Twitter and so forth. It kind of dawned on me that this feels like a really good kind of analogy or proof point or kind of touch point, if you will. I mean, not proof point, but touch point of you know anybody that has to go through explaining to somebody else in some meaningful way. Hey, I, I think we should modernize or migrate an application. Essentially, take some sort of application that you know is useful to you, um, you know, makes you money, helps you run your business, is makes you productive, whatever it might be, and you come to a point where you say. Boy, this thing is almost feels like it's doing me more harm than good. It still does certain things, but maybe the, the maintenance of it is difficult or things have changed. I mean, the licensing of it has changed or the complexity of it has increased, whatever it might be. And you start to evaluate. Should we, you know, look at something else? Should we look at an alternative? Right. And. I highlighted this just because I felt like uh, in the same vein, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, um, you know, people talked about AI for a long time and, you know, you, you could watch the AWS keynote, you could play around with Google keynote, like there was lots of different ways. If you were fairly sophisticated, uh, maybe you wrote, in, you know, you were a Python programmer, you understood APIs, you had big data sets available to you, whatever it was, you could play around with AI stuff. And obviously, you know, if you were a data scientist, it became much more relevant to you. But when something like ChatGPT came along, all of a sudden it was like, oh, now there is an interface for the masses. And I feel like to a certain extent, with Threads, uh, as much as you know, other things have attempted to be a Twitter clone, um, you know, they just really haven't kind of hooked on for the masses, right? There's been you know fragmentation, and so forth. And I feel like to a certain extent, Threads is going to be kind of the Twitter clone for the masses. Maybe it grows up and evolves into something else or whatever. But it also felt very much like, uh, as I was going through the what works and what doesn't work, a really good analogy for maybe explaining to somebody and easily showing them kind of what is involved and what are the steps and what's the process in some sort of modernization or migration. And so I kind of made, you know, I kind of made a, a mental list here uh, of, you know, what, how would you go about figuring this out how would you go about explaining it to somebody and even you know talking to them about why you'd even want to consider this and then of course the obvious questions of like well how much work would be involved how long would it take are you sure this is going to work all those kind of things so as i started started making this mental checklist it went something like this you know first it was let's evaluate where we are today right so um you 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 know, the thing that you have today, you know, the application you have, the people in your organization understand how to use it. You understand both the good parts of it, you know, what, what you appreciate about that application, but also what you dislike about it, right? Whether it's again, maintenance or pricing or how fast it is, or what, what you feel like it's missing or how complicated it is to add new stuff. At some point you, you know, you kind of do this mental checklist of Yes, this is what it does, and these are the things that we feel like are holding us back or or slowing us down. And so when this new thing comes along, right? So something like threads comes along, the first thing that you're probably going to do is kind of evaluate it against, well, what do you like about it, right? And you know, in the case of threads, people were like, well, you know it seems to have less bots. Um, the, the tone of the conversation seems to be more positive than where Twitter is today. Uh, You know, a few other things. Oh, it was really easy to sign up. Uh, It was, you know, two or three clicks. It imported uh, your followers if you were on Instagram, which is, you know, kind of a big selling point of what it is because obviously Instagram is very popular, maybe not necessarily in the context of using it for business. A lot of people, you know, use Twitter for certain business aspects of things or certain hobbies they have, but they used Instagram for other stuff. But it did have a big social graph associated associated with it. And you know, it may they made it very easy for you to not only pull it over, but also start giving you those things like, oh, here's other people maybe you should start following. And then obviously there's the sort of mental checklist you do of like what's missing. You know, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't do these 10 things that I used to do all the time on Twitter and I just kind of got used to doing, right? And someday I'll make a, a list of what those things are. And I don't have time for that now. But that's the first thing you tend to do is you kind of go like, okay, there's this alternative. Um you know, what's good about the alternative, what's bad about the alternative, right? Um, the next thing you do is you kind of make an evaluation, like, can it replace, uh, can it can it replace it 100%? And that's kind of the first thing you, you do in your mind is you're kind of explaining or trying to understand, like, could this thing just be a drop-in replacement for what we have before? And if it can't, what can or can't it replace, right? Oh, well, this will do 40% of what I need, uh, it doesn't do the other 60%, but this, this 40% is significantly better, right? Um, you know, I don't know that in the case of threads versus Twitter, you're going to maybe necessarily go like, this is so much better, but you're probably mentally making that checklist of like, okay, what are all the things that I do today with Twitter that are useful to me or that are ease of use or whatever it is, how you maintain the social graph, whatever. Uh, And, you know, how much of that do I really need? And then you look at, well, what can't it do? And then once you figure out the what can it do and what can't it do, and the next thing you are kind of typically doing, this is probably maybe more like, if you're dealing with enterprise tech, because enterprise vendors tend to lay out a roadmap for where things are going, whereas consumer technologies don't necessarily always do that. Some do, some don't, but, um, you know, there's a certain element of like surprise and excitement for the new in, uh, in consumer that people really appreciate. Whereas in, in enterprise, it's, you know, you know, new and exciting that you didn't plan for. Sometimes they're complicated, but anyways, you probably are going to go to look at some sort of roadmap if it's available and you're trying to figure out like, oh, okay, well, if it doesn't do all the things I want to do, um, how long will it take? Are they planning to do those? Right. You may find that like that thing that you love about what's there today. And that's really important for you, um, isn't planned at all. And maybe it won't ever happen. Right. So you have to be able to kind of do that mental analysis of, What's good? What's bad? What's there? What's not there? When will the things be there to replace the not theirs? And will they ever be there? And then you start to kind of go through the, uh, the mental gymnastics of, okay, now I have a sense of both what we have today, what we like, what we don't like, what the alternative is, you know, what the option is for the migration or the modernization, What's important to us? You know, what, what, what are the most important things we're trying to fix with this, this modernization? Because if you're just simply doing it because you're like, well, it's 10 years behind, that's fine. In some cases, that is a valid thing. Maybe you're looking at it and you're going, I can't support this thing going forward. And, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of talking about that in the sense of Twitter. Like, you know, we, we've all lived over the last probably year or so now or six months or however long it's been on a day-to-day basis. If Twitter is important to you going, is it going to be around tomorrow? <clears throat> and some days you feel like the answer to that is, oh sure, absolutely, it'll be around tomorrow. And then there are other days because of you know announcements or changes or stuff that you hear that you go like, it literally might not be here tomorrow. And so you know you're kind of doing that risk assessment of, okay, how how important is it for us to change, and what things are under our control and what things aren't under our control, right? Um, you know, so you you go to you make that uh, that list, and then then you start to have to think about, okay, uh, the cost of change, <clears throat> right? Cause the cost of change obviously is not free. Um, you know, you have to think through, well, what, what changes do I have to make? But then you also have to think through what do I, you know, what, what, what does a realistic modernization or migration look like? Like there will be a period of time, uh, where you will probably have to deal with both systems because again, Unless it is a complete drop-in replacement feature for feature, or it gives you all the things you want to do. You're going to adapt your workflows to the new capabilities of the new system, you know, warts and all, lack of workflows or lack of capabilities and all. You're probably going to have to deal with two systems for some period of time, right? You're going to kind of go, system A does these things, system B does those things. Maybe you can integrate them, but most likely you're going to just going kind to of have to deal with them as like two separate things. Right, like two tabs on a browser, if you will, um, and so you have to think about like how long will that take? Um, you know, what are the costs of doing that? How do I adjust my organization to be able to deal with that? And so, in the case of threads and whatever, you're going, okay, uh, I'm going to use threads for some period of time. I'm going to keep maybe keep looking at Twitter because it's probably got a bigger user base that you're used to or social graph that you're used to, and potentially. You're looking at it going, oh, well, I didn't realize that Instagram was such an important part of it. It's sort of a tied-in component. I better start getting better at how I use Instagram um, in the context of what I used to do with Twitter, right? So you're going to, in the short term, typically add more work to your plate than you expected, right? Um, So we live through that. And then the next thing that you're probably going through, and I know I'm going through this because I don't spend a lot of time actively using Instagram other than like looking at stuff. My kids do stuff with it. It, to a certain extent felt like more of a, a watching application. Um, but there are lots of creative uses on there. Um, certain people and brands, you know, use Twitter and Instagram and others very interchangeably. It wasn't something that I necessarily did. And so I think, you know, there's an analogy there of, it's an app. We can figure it out, but there's a learning curve to it. There's a learning curve to figure out what are the different components of it and how long will that learning curve take? Are you prepared to find a way to teach people, right? Which number of your users, which parts of your users, which of your users are going to adapt to the learning curve? Which ones are going to be easy to train? Which ones are going to be difficult to train? Which ones don't adapt well to change? What's the cost of doing that? Are you going to have to build and create all the training yourself? Are you going to be able to easily find examples of that on YouTube? Um, And so, you know, the learning curve, the cost of the learning curve, the cost of retraining, the frustration that you're going to create either with your user base because you're going to create a new interface or because or with your users and uh, your administrators and so forth, um, you know, what is that going to look like? Now, the next thing, and this is probably the most important thing, both in this sort of Twitter and, uh, threads thing, evolution, migration, um, is what about all the users? What about really, I guess, sort of all the data that's associated with the application, whether it's users, followers, people you follow, uh, lists that you've made to curate what's going on, uh, you know, ways in which data is managed, like hashtags and so forth. And just the data itself, you know, you're like, oh, I've been really creative. I've created 10,000 interesting tweets and videos and so forth. Well, they're all sort of locked in that other platform. The same way that in a current application, the data is somewhat associated with that current application. And so what a lot of people are trying to figure out in the, you know, Twitter to threads migration or even Instagram to threads migration is how much of that am I going to be able to reuse and how much of that am I going to be starting from scratch? And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out, you know, how does that work? Are there any tools to help with that? Am I going to have to just start going and curating my own community, my own follower list, all those sort of things? And the data piece of it is, is huge because not only do you not want to blow up the old data, um, you may have regulations or retention requirements around it. Uh, and then you got to figure out the you know, the translationiness of it. You know, how much of it can just be moved? How much of it will work the same? How much of it has to start over? You know, you start getting into really simple things like, oh, you know, in the case of Twitter and, and threads, like, oh, I follow this person. I'm sure their name is, you know, like why would they have a different name over on Instagram as they do on Twitter? And I'm starting to find there are lots of people that don't keep the same name or handle or whatever between different services. And again, there's probably lots of reasons for that. But, you know, that could be the simplest thing of like, oh, this old application stores names as last name comma first name, and the new application stores them as first name comma last name. And so you'd have to figure out, well, how do I translate those things? Are there any limitations? Maybe you are like, oh, we don't really have any limitations on, you know, or or this old application has a a limit on the number of characters or the number of you know, the way in which uh, characters are kept in the database. And maybe you want to move into new markets and you're like, oh, if I'm going into certain Asian markets or African markets or South American markets or whatever, where maybe the last names or the full name or the family name is uh, oftentimes longer because they include more, you know, history within the name, you may have a problem with that. So again, thinking about the data, the data migrations, how much translates, how much moves, uh, how easy is it going to be? Those are all a huge piece of what goes on. And then the last question that you probably are asking yourself, and a lot of people are asking themselves, there's a million articles being written about it this weekend, is, will this be successful? Like, it's great that you have all these plans about how you're going to do it and how you're going to think about it and how you're going to structure it and so on and so forth. But a lot of times the you know, your boss, your colleague, uh, yourself, you know, up front, you may ask the question like, I'm going to go do a lot of work to do this. And I understand that. There's a risk that the old one might fall over someday, or there's a risk that, you know, you can't figure out the new thing. But people often have just wanna know, like, is this gonna work? What assurances can you give me that this is gonna work? Like, I don't wanna hear about, I don't wanna hear about how the sausage is gonna be made. I don't wanna hear about how it could take you three months or six months or nine months or how many dollars. They just, sometimes just wanna know, like, bottom line, is this gonna work? Because it's important And I need something to be, you know, this function in the business, right? Maybe, you know, you think about this and you go, oh, I use Twitter for marketing kinds of purposes or information gathering, you know, competitive intelligence purposes or whatever it might be. And they just want to know, like, am I going to have a system that does that? Because today I do have a system that does that, warts and all. Am I going to have a system that does that in the future? Because if the new one... Isn't going to exist. I don't care how cool and new it is. Like, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, not like 80% good or whatever, like maybe it's not going to be there. And I think ultimately that's the question people are asking themselves or has been asking themselves over the last few months as Twitter has declined um, or gone through changes and they've seen a blue sky come along or a Mastodon come along or whatever other tools are out there. And to a certain extent, there's been a lot of like, well, I would leave Twitter, but I don't think these other ones are good. Like, I don't think they're going to exist at all. I think part of that conversation is going away or that risk or concern is going away with threads because it is backed by A, a gigantic company, Facebook, Meta, um, but B, it's backed by people who know how to build the infrastructure and the systems for huge, large, uh, you know, connected social networks. And you know, you can have whatever thoughts you want about Facebook or Meta or Instagram or you know their politics or their data privacy or you know whatever else you may like or dislike about the company or the individuals behind it. But if you think about it in terms of you know, do I, how risk averse am I that this is going to succeed? I, I think the odds of that are probably pretty good, uh, probably considerably better than any of these smaller startups, given that. They already have a built-in revenue stream. They already have a built-in advertisement base. Um, Twitter sort of proved that, you know, it, you can't just run the service to run the service. It has to involve advertisement. It has to involve scale, all these other sort of things. The competitive one that's come along, i.e. threads, already knows how to do all those things. Now, there's a very good chance, and who knows that, I don't, I don't say a good chance, there is a chance that they do it wrong. You know, things go wrong. Uh, you know, copying something is never necessarily easy, right? You don't get all the institutional knowledge that comes with copying user interface. Um, but this is again the same sort of, you know, maybe biggest question that people will ask you in terms of doing a migration or a modernization is like, is it gonna work? Period. Point blank, black and white, yes or no, is this going to work? And I think there's there's a you know, kind of a strong analogy you can draw to what people are thinking about like, should I invest my time, effort, skills, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, in something like threads, or do I just ride out what we have in place today? So anyways, um, hopefully that's a useful framework as you're thinking about like, how would I explain to somebody beyond just, Hey, this old thing is old kind of sucks. It's slow, you know, maintaining it's expensive. Like, how can I frame this and how can I use an analogy that somebody can touch and feel uh, to explain this modernization piece? And so I hope this kind of framework is helpful to you. Hopefully you can adapt it to the environments that you're getting into. And I know there's probably Lots of other people that would love us to do shows on like, hey, you know, take a Java, Java application and show me, walk me through what it would be like to migrate it from a VMware environment on-prem into an AWS environment. And we'll try and do those shows as we can, you know, find good guests for that. But uh, anyways, I wanted to use this analogy because it seemed pretty straightforward. It did seem like something you could touch and feel and potentially pass along uh, to, to others who may not necessarily be as technically inclined or as wrapped up in the day-to-day as you might be in in an application and, and whether or not you should, um, you know, migrate it or modern or modernize it. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Hope everybody's doing well. I uh, hope everybody is, uh, enjoying their weekend enjoying July. It's probably very hot wherever you live, at least if you live in the the Northern hemisphere and the Southern hemisphere, maybe not so much. Um, but it is uh, crazy hot here. So, uh, Anyways, hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying cool. Happy birthday to my dad. And uh, with that, I'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for helping us grow the community. Thanks for telling a friend. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.